Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. All right, y'all grab your Bibles with me, please turn to Ephesians 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Verses 15 through 20, Ephesians 5, 15 through 20, reading the New Living Translation today. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. Live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music in the, to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks to ev- for everything to God in the, in the name, in the, oh Lord, to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Reading's hard. Reading in public is harder. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the chance to get together today. Lord, I just pray that we arrive at your conclusion. Lord, that we hear what you, what you want to say. And Lord, that um, Lord, my heart today is that when we walk out of here, that we walk out unified, we walk out uh, energized, we walk out passionate about what it is that you have for us to do as a church. And Lord, I just pray that um, you'd bless every word that's spoken, everything that's heard. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, last week we, we started a brand new series uh, called uh, CL168, Covenant Life 168. Uh, so here's a pop quiz. What is the significance of the number 168? The number of hours in a week. Nice. 24 times 7. Good job, everybody. Now, what's the significance of, of the number 167? thanks Charlie Brown's teachers here everybody Um, it's the number of hours in a week that you are not in church 167 all right the whole point of the series is, is that we may very well have our understanding of church upside down that we spend too many times, we spend all week focused on how to make that one hour of church effective when we'd be much more effective for the kingdom if we spent the one hour of church focused on preparing for the other 167 hours of the week, right? This is the year that we have to become Covenant Life 168, a church that's moving the needle on the kingdom of God every hour of the week and not just for an hour on Sunday mornings, okay? Now, today is what I call the state of the church message. It's my 10th year as pastor. This is my 10th state of the church message, and I'm always excited to share what God, oh, aren't we fancy? Look at this state of the church thing. Oh, that's nice. Okay, so, Sorry. Squirrel. Um, so I, I'm always excited to share. Uh, just imagine living with me, people. Um, 
I'm always excited to share what the Lord do, has done uh, among us and through us over the previous year and, uh, and spend some time talking about not just where we are, but where we're going. Okay, I'm going to move my pulpit up here so I can't see stuff. All right, so let's dive into the numbers side of it. I'm going to try not to drown you with data, but to give you some insight into what the numbers actually mean. Okay, so we'll start with attendance. The harsh reality for, the, uh, for most American churches now is that less people attend church now than they did prior to 2020. The, the statistics are actually pretty staggering about what's happened in the last two years across the nation. Through the pandemic, about one-third of any given congregation just evaporated. They did attend church. Uh, they just don't anymore. They didn't go to another church. They're not at home watching online. They just don't do church anymore. That is no longer a part of their lives. And, and others beyond that, that maybe 30% who uh, haven't given up church altogether are in oftentimes less engaged than they were beforehand. Now, our in-person numbers here reflect that. In the two months immediately prior to uh, the pandemic, in in, uh, January, February of 2020, we averaged over 300 people in person each week. Uh, In in 2021, we averaged 200, 202. So that's that's almost exactly a third, uh, a third gone off the top. Now, the good news is that's actually 19% more than we had over the previous year. So the numbers are growing, the in-person numbers are growing. We do have still a good many people who are watching exclusively online for, for a number of reasons, which wasn't even possible a couple of years ago. So that's a wonderful blessing, and we are thrilled that people are able to do that. And many of you stay connected virtually when you're sick, when, you, when, when something's going on and you can't be here. You're staying in touch, staying engaged online, and we love that too. Uh, but it is difficult to know uh, really how many people are truly engaging on the other side of that screen. So we just, we just don't have any faith in the integrity of the numbers. We, we do have analytics on the YouTube side where we can see how many viewers there are, live viewers, how many uh, viewers after the fact and all of that. We, we just don't have any, any faith in the integrity of those numbers. We don't want to just throw some numbers on there just to make, us, make ourselves feel better. So we're just not including that. So know that the numbers I'm giving you are in-person numbers, but there is a, there is a significant number of people who are watching either online as we have church together or later in the week or the month uh, as we go. So what, whatever the case, we're grateful to be back in person. We're grateful to have the opportunity to have so many people watching online. And we're grateful that God is continuing to bless us with growth even in this crazy season that we're in. All right? So that's the attendance stuff. Um, it was also good news financially this year. Between what came in for the Jericho Project and then our normal uh, and regular tithes and offerings, you, gave, you guys gave $632,000 this year in, in 2021. So that's great news. That's great news. So when you pull off the 49000 that was designated for the Jericho Project, uh, the total giving for the church uh, was $583,000. And that is, that is wonderful news. That is virtually dead even with, uh, with that similar figure in 2020. And I'll tell you why that's reason to celebrate. All right? There was, y'all remember 2020? Um, there was lots of stimulus money flowing in 2020. Y'all remember that? Like you just, it's easier to be generous when you just wake up and there's money in your bank account. 
right? It's, it was a kind of a cool day to live, the, the, but that kind of evaporated in 2021, right? And what was made available in 2021 through the, uh, through the advances on the child tax credit got eaten up by the 7% inflation, right? So it's a completely different economic environment now than it was in 2020. Uh, the other reason it's impressive, that number is impressive because, is because of what we already talked about, the decline in attendance. So when you take a third off the top and you're still able to keep pace financially with, wh- with where you were, uh, that's great. So when I say that we, uh, that we kept pace with 2020, given that up to a third of the attenders may have walked away, given the highest inflation in 39 years, given the loss of work and income that some of you may have experienced due to sickness uh, or to sickness of loved ones, given all that we've been through in the last like 24 months, to be able to say that giving remains steady is a huge blessing. And I am grateful to God and grateful to you for continuing to give to support the ministry of this church, even when things at home have gotten tighter and more difficult. So seriously and sincerely, let me say to each one of you, thank you so much for what you do. Thank you so much for every donation that you've given, everything that you've given. I know that you're not giving to me. Many of you understand you're not really even giving to the church. You're giving to the Lord, and I appreciate that, and I'm so grateful for your continued faithfulness. All right. Now, I always try to make sure that you understand where, because if you're not used to hearing uh, budget numbers uh, on this scale, it gets a little hard to wrap your brain around it. But, um, but I also I always want to break down the categories for you so that you know where the money goes. Uh, so our top percentage is always payroll, right? Uh, and that is the same for any, really for any organization that operates as a business. Um, so just under 45% of our income went to employ the nine employees that we have at Covenant Life. I know you always just think of this as your church, but we're also an employer of nine people. Four are full-time and five are part-time. Um, our second highest category is our ministries and missions coming in at 13%. So that includes uh, all of the ministries inside the church and outside the church. Um, discipleship, small groups, kids ministry, student ministry, music ministry, outreach, and of course missions as well. Now, in addition to the incredible ministries that go on here week in and week out, uh, one of the year's highlights this year was hosting a community fall festival just a few months ago. And we saw hundreds of our friends and neighbors come in and hang out, <clears throat> hang out with us here on the campus, and we got a chance just to, just to love on them. And uh, we plan to do more events like that this year uh, and to continue to expand the reach and the scope of our church ministries as well. So, so your giving helps to make all of that possible. As part of this um, category, we gave almost $23,000 to the work of missions, to the missionaries that we support here at Covenant Life. Locally, we support the CCC in Tallapoosa, the Community Christian Council, uh, the Bremen Food Bank uh, out east, on the east side of, of, the, of the city, and the Pregnancy Resource Center. Uh, we also uh, support monthly the House of Cherith in Atlanta, uh, who ministers to women who've been rescued from sex trafficking and exploitation. Globally, we support Jeff Vaughn and uh, Salt and Light Ministries. Jeff was just here, I think, in December. Um, 
he ministers in the Philippines. We support Mia Esperanza and David Logue of Mountaintop Ministries in Tegucigalpa, Honduras. And we also support Bibles Unbound, which is a, mis- a, a, a missionary organization that smuggles Bibles into um, countries that are closed to the gospel. Okay, so uh, the, the good news for us and what I love about this is with the exception of Bibles Unbound, whose identities obviously are unknown to us for security reasons, all of these people are people that we know, people that we have relationships with, people that, uh, that, that we know the work that they do and the heart that they have for it. Um, so the work they do is vital. It's spiritual, it's transformational in their areas of ministry, and we are honored to be a part of it. Uh, again, any questions that you have about any of this, you, you can feel free to ask me or the elders, uh, anybody after the service, we'll be happy to explain anything to you. The third category, the third largest uh, expenditure is our mortgage payment. This is the only debt that we have. Um, and I forgot the percentage. I think it's, a, it's about 11%, if I'm not mistaken, uh, of what came in. It's our only indebtedness. Our monthly payment is $4,500. Uh, in addition to the payment, we were able to, to add an additional $9,000 towards the principal uh, in this past year. So that leaves our principal balance under $576,000. Now, compare that with the tens of thousands of heated square feet that we have of of building space here, sitting on seven and a half acres in the heart of our little town. Um, And my estimate of the property value, it's been several years since uh, since we had it um, evaluated, but my estimate of the property value in the current market is north of two and a half million dollars. So when you look at about a half million dollar indebtedness on a two and a half million dollar property, our loan to value is in really good shape. Uh, about 8.4% of our income went to uh, about $49,000 went to flushing toilets and keeping the lights on and uh, the heat and the air blowing. And ain't y'all glad about that? Ain't nobody ever mad about utilities. All right. Uh, about 8% went to what's called in our denomination the tithe of tithes. Uh, and here's what that means. Of everything that comes in uh, labeled tithe, 5% goes to the state office in Lawrenceville. 5% goes to the international offices in uh, Cleveland, Tennessee. So the, nom- the denomination, in turn, provides uh, spiritual and doctrinal oversight. They fund world missions. They fund church planting, uh, legal and practical guidance, and other, other kinds of services that denominations provide. Okay, But that's about 8% of what comes in. About seven and a half percent goes, uh, goes to operations. And that's just general expenses like cleaning supplies, office supplies, printed materials, the bank fees that allow us to provide online giving. All of that stuff is under operations. Also part of this, this category is our media ministry. Um, our, our messages are available on several different, uh, uh, ministry networks, um, the kingdom rock network and several others. Um, there's, we're available on several different, uh, streaming sites like Spotify. Um, we're also available on all three of the major podcast platforms. So you can listen literally anywhere at any time. Uh, I think these numbers are across all the platforms that Pastor Mark uh, from Kingdom Rock, that Mark Stroud from Kingdom Rock uh, handles all this for us. But our messages were listened to about 6,000 times last year across all of those platforms. Uh, And they were heard in, we have confirmed sightings uh, 
of Covenant Life listeners in uh, Beijing, China, in uh, London, in Dublin, in uh, not Dublin, Georgia, Dublin, Ireland, um, in Jamaica, in Moscow, in Madrid, and in a little place in southwest Australia called Perth, all right? Uh, from Texas to Minnesota, from Washington State to Virginia. It's just pretty stinking cool to me that you can preach a message in Bremen and the people literally all over the world listen to it. So every, a portion of every dollar that you give goes for the gospel that you enjoy uh, to be heard literally all around the world. So that's pretty cool. Um, Another 6% of, of uh, what came in went to the building and property maintenance. Uh, from grass cutting to HVAC repairs to paint, uh, having two buildings of this size takes almost constant attention. Uh, so I can tell you this for sure. The per- this percentage would be much higher than 6% if it weren't for the work of Kirk Hopkins um, and, and all of the guys that he calls on. All right, so one of these days when I grow up, I'm going to be Kirk Hopkins. Um, and, and I know that he also has a team of guys that he calls on when he can't get to something or, or if somebody else has an expertise in some area. So thank you so much to everybody who shows up uh, to fix the stuff that breaks and improve the stuff that needs to be freshened up. We appreciate it very much because uh, you guys save us thousands and thousands of dollars in call, and lots of frustration in trying to call and schedule a contractor to come and get those things done. So thank you so much. I am grateful. Uh, also part of this category, we built a drum room to be able to go back to live drums this year. We built a baptismal room to be able to put the baptistry on the platform and, and kind of give it the weight that it and the priority that it needs. So uh, it, it, all of that was part of that category. Okay. We also made some great strides in addressing our HVAC issues. We were concerned a couple of years ago that we had every unit in the, on the property was over 15 years old, some 20 plus, and we were really concerned about that. Uh, but special thanks to Ken White. Now, I don't know if Ken's here or not, but special thanks to Ken uh, and his partner, Paul, who pass along their contractor. Ken's a part of our church, and, and, uh, and Paul gets to be, because Ken told me he was going to be, and, um, and so they pass along their contractor discounts and slash or eliminate their labor costs. Uh, again, thousands of dollars saved in HVAC upgrades, and uh, we hope to continue to do that this year as well. Uh, and then the final category is just cash on hand. Um, the, the, thou- the few thousand dollars that remained um, in, in um, income over expenditures was added to our checking and savings account that rolls over into 2022. So that's it. That's where all the money goes. Okay? So, yay. Hey, we spend money, people clap. That's great. All right, so uh, the, the, it's just... It's just a little peek behind the curtain, okay? Because you're invested in this place, literally invested in this place. Um, This is our church. We we want you to understand uh, that every dollar donated goes to the causes that we support collectively to advance the kingdom of God. Uh, And together, we accomplished an incredible amount of work last year, and I'm just so grateful for that. Now, uh, I want to talk real quick about the Jericho Project. Um, because clearly huge strides were taken in that project as well. If you're new here, the the Jericho Project is our ministry to combat sex trafficking. Um, 
I didn't want to. I didn't want it to dominate the conversation because, uh, although the Jericho Project is part of the vision, a major part of the vision here at Covenant Life, it's not the whole vision. The mission of the church is not to exist as a as a, a an anti-trafficking organization. The mission of the church is the same as it's been for two thousand years. That's to go and make disciples of Jesus Christ. All right? That's what we have to do. And we believe that God has called us specifically and gifted us here at Covenant Life to do that by being real, by being relational, and by being reaching. Part of the disciple-making uh, process is to go out and to find the ones whom society has discarded or forgotten. And that's where the Jericho Project comes in. So in 2019, God told us that it was time to kickstart this project and a few months later, in the midst of the pandemic, uh, he showed us that he wanted us to use what we had in our hands at that point. Just like Moses at the Red Sea, God said, what is that in your hand? And that's what he said to us. So we used what was already in our hand, which was the Coley building. Um, now, by I don't know if I've shared this publicly, but by divine intervention, the very day that I shared the vision for the Jericho Project was the first day that Mark and April Bradley showed up. Um, and soon it was clear that God was leading Mark to be the general contractor on this project. Um, and, and so I, I just want to, I want to be really clear. This project would not have happened in 2021 if it weren't for Mark Bradley. All right. So please tell him, thank you. Um, I'm not getting Christmas cards from Mark Bradley anymore because now he's mad that I said that. But it's just the, it's just the absolute truth. Uh, the, the, the work that he provided, the contacts that he leveraged, and I mean leveraged his contacts um, for the benefit of this project, we wouldn't have had the money to do it. We wouldn't have had the time to do it. We sure wouldn't have had the skill or the focus to get this done. And he didn't charge a penny for what he did. So um, even his crew donated their time. So he, he got guys to slash labor cost, to slash material costs in the midst of, uh, y'all remember 2021, right? When building materials quadrupled in price uh, and he's getting guys to slash the prices. Uh, it was just an incredible blessing. Um, y'all remember last year about this time, the frozen sprinkler head and the rivers of not living water flowing out of the church. Um, dude, I just can't tell you what it's like as a pastor to drive up in your parking lot and there's fire trucks and like ladders extended out towards the roof and like firefighters coming out, patting me on the back saying, John, I really am sorry. <laughs> I'm like, oh man. Um, so anyway, I'm getting healing. I'm getting counseling for that. But, um, we, we had to make some changes obviously because we didn't want that to happen. Uh, we wanted to make sure we made some changes, especially we're inviting these ladies to live here. We want to make sure we're providing them uh, with something that's going to be consistent uh, and dependable. So we had some HVAC changes we need to make. Uh, again, Ken and his, and his partner, Paul, stepped in, gave us deep discounts on a lot of HVAC equipment. Um, we replaced six units. We, uh, including the two largest and oldest dinosaurs that were up there. Um, and then they also changed out. Now I really don't, I asked him what to say. I don't really even know what this means, but we changed out coils and furnaces. If that's impressive, then yay. I don't know what that means, but we did pretty much the whole, the whole building up there now is brand new HVAC. And, and we couldn't have even imagined that two years ago. 
Okay, so thank the Lord for, for what he did there. Now, like, John, what, what in the world? Why did it take almost two years, like a year and a half to get this done? Well, we had framing, plumbing, electrical uh, for the new showers, the restrooms, the laundry rooms, the data closet that we had to install. Thousands of square feet of new flooring that had to go in, uh, fire alarm, sprinkler modifications, uh, some asbestos removal under tile that was 50 years old because the building was built in 1968. We had to strip and redo the floors in the basement. Kirk stepped up and repainted the basement for like the third time since I've been the pastor here. Sorry, Kirk. Um, he touched up the offices uh, upstairs and repainted the bathroom upstairs. Some of you guys changed out light fixtures, hung TVs on the walls. Um, we replaced the staircase, the wooden staircase on the outside that our students use every week. We, uh, we added shutters that really pulled the whole project together on the outside. An incredible amount of work that got done last year. Uh, we estimate between $250,000 and $275,000 worth of work that we were able to get done for about a third of that, $90,000, right? So the... The favor of God on that project was just mind-blowing. It was quite a roller coaster, but it was mind-blowing to see how, how the, we didn't have 90000 We didn't even have half of $90,000 when we started this project, but we knew it was time, and, we, and, and God provided every dollar, every step of the way, and we are just so grateful. So some of you might be going, good Lord, John, we spent $90,000 on this building. No, we didn't spend. We didn't spend a dime. We invested $90,000 in the lives of women who've been torn apart, who've been consumed like merchandise and discarded like damaged goods. We invested in hope. We invested in transformation. We invested in peace and safety, some of whom have never experienced peace and safety in their whole lives. They need to be one and discipled for Jesus, but they've got a whole lot of other needs that have to be met before they can even hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's what we invested in. And this is as real as ministry gets. It is deeply and personally relational, and it's what reaching looks like. So thank you for what you, for what you did. We've been, we've been working on this together since January 2020, right? We've been raising money. We've been giving time, giving effort. So every person who bought a devotional, every person who bought or brought a dessert at the dessert auction, every person who donated to or bought from the yard sale, Every person who, who sold everything from bracelets to T-shirts to a purple motorcycle. Every person who did demo of the walls or pulled up carpet. Every person who donated a dollar or $10,000. I want to show you what your generosity accomplished. Let's look at some pictures from, from this project. So these are the bedrooms that these, these ladies are going to get to live in. No, you can't, you, no, you can't move in. Um, everybody always asks. Every room has its own sort of color palette and theme. Um, they are beautifully appointed and decorated. The furnishings were provided through the House of Cherith and the designer that they have, um, who is incredible and has an incredible gift, obviously. Um, that's one of the, just the hangout rooms, spaces, 
These ladies have to learn how to live together in community because they've been pitted against each other their entire lives. So a whole lot of the program is just helping them to learn to live in peace with each other. And that's, that's the basement. You remember bringing your kids into the basement to check them out, to check them in for, and out for kids' ministry? That's, that's what's going on in the basement right now. An uh, awful lot of their program is going to take place right there every day of their lives for their 12 to 16, 18 months of their programming. So just wanted to show you, and if you want to go and visit the, and look in every, you know, all the little nooks and crannies, perfectly fine. You just let me know and I'll be happy to take you up there. Um, but that's, that's where the money went. That's where the time and the investment and the stress and the blood, sweat, and tears have gone. And, and it's your faithfulness, God's faithfulness through you that has allowed this to happen. And, and I, am, I am eternally, and these ladies are eternally grateful. So the question is always, what's next? What's next? Um, it's my intention that as far as the buildings, as far as a site plan goes at Covenant Life, um, vision will always pair inside church ministry needs with outside opportunities. Okay, we can address the needs of the church side by side with opportunities to reach outside the walls and to help others. And to the best of my ability, as understanding this word, that's what God's called us to do. Okay, so after we take out these buildings next door, whenever that happens, we're going to start making plans for a children's and students building that's going to be physically attached to this building through the lobby. So when you come in through the lobby, you can go to the children's uh, building right next door. You don't have to walk across the parking lot and drop your kids off uh, up there. When we, when, yay, right? That's good news. That is the plan. Um, it might be a tent to begin with. No, I'm just kidding, but um, I'm kind of kidding. Anyway, um, when, when, we, when we can get that built, then we can give the entire Coley building to the House of Cherith West campus. That way they can expand into the, into the entirety of the building. I think they can more than double their capacity. They can provide some other additional services to serve the needs of the ladies. We've already talked with the executive director of, of that. But she knows what we're, what we're planning to do, and, and, uh, and she knows our hearts towards this. So that's what I mean towards, towards looking towards inside and outside needs, addressing our needs and the needs of the people that we've been called to reach and to serve. All right? Now, let's, let's turn the focus inside to the church for just a minute. Um, I can't think of another time, certainly not in the last 10 years um, since I've been the pastor, I, I can't think of another time when what God is saying at the beginning of the year is so clear to so many people. All right, and, and I'm not trying to sound hyper-spiritual or anything, but it is so clear to me that 2022 has got to be a year of prayer. Right, I'm hearing it everywhere I turn, confirming what the Lord was already saying to me. Pray first, right? We've got to pray first, pray last, and pray all the way in between. We've got to pray. We heard it on, on the uh, almost word for word at the night of prayer and worship we had a few weeks ago from Pastor Curtis uh, Pixler from Providence Baptist in Tallapoosa. He said almost the exact same thing that night. Pray first. I, in 2022, I don't just want to talk more about prayer. I want us to do more praying, okay, as a church so here, and as individuals. So here, here's what that means in the context of this series that we're talking about, the Covenant Life 168 series. Uh, I, I want to read the passage again in Ephesians 
Uh, Ephesians 5, 15 through 20. I just want to read this again to remind ourselves of what this is. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. Live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and just real quickly, three things when, when we're talking about the, an overview of what 2022 looks like for us. First of all, we have to pray for power in 2022. We have to pray for power. What power are you talking about? The power of the Holy Spirit. The scripture says, be filled with the Spirit. We have got to pray for power. We are going to face unexpected challenges in 2022. He's like, John, what's that going to be? I don't know. It's unexpected. We don't know what's coming, but we do know who does know what's coming, right? We're going to also face unexpected and wonderful ministry opportunities that will be right in front of us in 2022. We're going to have the daily burdens that we all carry. More than anything else, we have to have the power of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and lives. So whatever the battle is in front of us, the victory is going to be won, not by might, right? Not by power, but by the spirit of the living God. We don't trust in chariots. We don't trust in horses. We don't trust in armies or in influence. We don't trust in the wisdom of man. We trust in the power of God to do exceedingly, abundantly more than we can ask or even imagine. We have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. As this passage says, we have to be committed to corporate worship, singing among ourselves. And we have to be committed to gratitude, giving thanks for everything to God. The second thing we have to do is we have to pray for souls in 2022. We have to pray for souls. It's so easy to get caught up in the business of church that we forget the purpose this is the purpose. We have the reason we have to walk wisely and not walk foolishly. The reason we have to walk thoughtfully and, and full of the Spirit. The reason we have to make the most of every opportunity in these evil days is because souls hang in the balance. It is the silent theme of every scripture and every command. It's about souls. It's why Jesus came and died. It's why he sent us into the world to make disciples. It's about souls. Nothing is closer to the heart of God than praying for and caring for souls. We need to pray that souls are saved. We need to pray that prodigal sons and daughters come home. We need to pray that people are delivered and healed and set free. That's the purpose of the church. And if we, if it doesn't matter what else we do, if we don't do that, then we've failed. Because that's the call that the church feels that nothing else, no other organization, no other institution in our society is going to win souls for Jesus than us. If we don't do it, how will they be won? So to put legs on this, I'm committing that every month, Philip, I forgot to tell you this. Sorry, buddy. Every month, we're going to fill up that baptistry. 
Every month we're going to fill up the baptistry. Why? Because people need to be saved. People need to be baptized when they are saved. So whether we know somebody's going to use it or not, we're going to fill it up. And on the months that it's empty, we're still going to turn the camera on in there so everybody can see an empty tub. To remind us that it's about souls. So we've got, we've got to pray for souls. We've got to pray for souls. God said, faith without works is dead. So we're going to fill it up and pray that God fills it up. Right? And here's the last thing. We've got to pray for laborers in 2022. We've got to pray for laborers. Jesus said, it's the only prayer request that I can recall that Jesus ever made. He looked at the disciples and said, pray the Lord of the harvest, that he would send laborers into the field. Jesus made a prayer request. We should probably answer it. We should probably pray the way he said to. That, that passage that we just read says to understand what God wants you to do. You are not only the person praying for the answer, you are the answer. We have to find out what God wants you to do. Some of you spent your whole lives wondering if God wants to use, if God could use someone like you. You've been wondering if there is a greater purpose for your life. And I'm just here to tell you today, there is. There is. It's why he created you. It's why he recreated you. According to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, it's why he recreated you in Christ, to give you good works to do for his honor and his glory. So this is the year that you're going to find out what that is if you'll commit to these three prayer purposes. Because the reality is we don't have enough activated and engaged people to handle the harvest that God's already sent us, much less the one we're supposed to be praying for. We need help in kids' ministry, student ministry, outreach ministry. Kirk needs help maintaining the property. We need help with people leading small groups. We need people to head up outreaches in your own neighborhood. We need people to prayer walk silently their own neighborhoods. We've got to step up and take care of the harvest God has already sent us if we expect him to ever send us anything else. Don't pray for revival if you're not willing to step up and disciple people. What good does it do to get new converts and then watch them flop on the shore struggling to breathe because they don't know how to be disciples of Jesus? If anything, that does more harm than good. God has something for you to do. This year is the year to start doing it. If we will commit to being filled with his spirit, if we will get focused on souls, can you imagine what he can do with us as a body if we're willing to get up and go? So listen, we've, we've, been, through, we've been through a lot in the last couple of years, haven't we? Lord, y'all can't say amen to that. We've been through a lot in the last couple of years, have we not? Thousands of churches across this country have closed. That's just a fact. Tens of thousands of pastors, church leaders, church members have just walked away. Probably hundreds of thousands. 
just walked away. But God's been faithful to us, y'all. He's been faithful to us. You're still here. We're still here. We haven't just survived. We've thrived. We've continued to push forward with what God has called us to do. And look what the Lord has done. Right? Look what the Lord has done. We, we dug in. We deepened our roots. As, as the first ladies, we walked down the aisle, the, the, aisle, the uh, hall towards the HFC thing, the first lady stopped and looked at the thing that Stephanie Blair painted for student ministry that talks about getting rooted, that talks about digging deep and dig, putting your roots down deep into the Lord. And she looked at that for a second. She said, I love that. That's what it takes to survive the storms of life that will inevitably come. That's what it takes for a church to survive, to dig our roots down deep so that no matter how how far we may bend in the winds of life, that we will not break, that we will not be uprooted. We will not, we will not fail because we can't fail when we're, when we're rooted and grounded deep in him. So we're strong and we're poised to move forward into a greater season in 2022. We've seen souls saved. We've seen people's lives rededicated to the Lord. We baptized over 20 people last year, and that needs, that needs to be five times that this year. Let's lock arms and move forward. Let's be filled with the Spirit. Let's focus on winning souls. Let's find out what God wants each of us to do, and then let's commit to doing whatever that is, whatever he calls us to, going out into the fields of lost souls, going out into the fields of hurting souls, the the wounded and the abandoned souls, the unchurched, the de-churched, the anti-churched, Loving those people, serving those people, showing them the heart of the Father who sent His only Son to die for them. It's time to be a 168-hour-a-week church. So my question to you is, will you join me in prayer and action in this year? Y'all stand with me. It's not, a, it's not a solemn pledge and vow if you stand. I just need you to stand. Been sitting too long. We're going to pray together before we. Wow, it's not even 12 o'clock. Miracles do happen. Um, I want us to pray together. Now, listen, this altar is open. It's always open. You've got something to pray about? Come and pray. There's, there, you got relationship stuff going on. You, you got uh, healing you need in your body. You got a big decision to make. Whatever it is going on in your life, come and pray if you want to. But I want us to pray together as a church. I don't know that we'll all fit in the altar, so I'm not going to call us to the altar. Will you just make an altar where you are? You don't have to get on your knees and, and kneel into, in, into the chair. I just want you to pray. I want you to pray. I was raised in a little Baptist church uh, about a mile from my house. And I, I don't know, I didn't know to count. I didn't know you're supposed to count when I was a kid. I don't know how many people were there. Probably 50 or 75 people, I don't know. 
I remember and I miss those days. When they said pray, we prayed. We prayed out loud. Everybody, all at the same time. Somehow we made a spectator sport out of prayer and, and worship and, and preaching and everything. This needs to be deeply personal. So when it's time to pray, pray, y'all. He's your father. I, I'm not your priest. I'm just your pastor. Pray. All right? We just, we just heard, to the best of my ability, what it is that God's leading us to do as a church this year. We can't do it. We cannot accomplish this without prayer. I promise you what we did accomplish last year did not happen without prayer. And nothing that he's called us to this year is going to happen without prayer. And so I just, I just want, can we just spend, just, just sort of invest the next three or four or five minutes praying together in the house that he's called us to serve. Just praying that he leads us and guides us into the right, into the right path. That he blesses the plans that he's placed in our hearts. Because at the end of the day, it's always about souls. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now as I lead this congregation of people who know you and are praying now as well. God, I pray your blessing over this, over this people. I pray your blessing over them as they commit to serving you, as they commit to praying in 2022 like never before. Lord, there we will face obstacles that we don't know what to do about. We will, we will see opportunities that we don't necessarily even have the means or the resources to take advantage of. Lord, we're going we're gonna to see situations and we're not going to understand how to move forward. But God, you know every challenge, you know everything, you know every step that we're supposed to take. And I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would give us the, the wisdom and the good sense to humble ourselves before you and pray. Pray first about everything. God, that you give us wisdom as leaders, wisdom as the elders of the church, wisdom as the staff of the church, wisdom as the members and, and the, uh, the supporters of this church to move forward as a mighty army, to lock arms, to hear you speak, and then to go in the direction that you're sending us. I pray, God, that we wouldn't put up with division. We wouldn't put up with strife. We wouldn't put up with disunity. We wouldn't put up with murmuring and complaining and backbiting. Lord, we'd come together for one purpose and that is to go and make disciples of you. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be faithful in obeying what it is that you set before us. Give us strength. Give us courage, God, to do what you're calling us to do. Help us to love each other passionately and deeply. Serve one another selflessly and humbly. In the name of Jesus, Lord, raise us up as a church. 168 hours a week moving the needle on the kingdom of God in the area that you've called us to serve. Lord, the footprint goes beyond the city of Bremen, goes beyond Harrelson County or Carroll County. Lord, you have placed us strategically in probably five or six different counties, in lots of different communities, in dozens of different neighborhoods. Lord, help us to start there. You're not sending most of us to Africa. You're not sending us to Asia. You're not sending us all over the world. You're sending us across the street. Help us, Lord, to begin to serve where we are. 
Lord, we just love you. We love you. We are honored and grateful that you allow us to even be a part of your kingdom. We don't deserve it. You made a way for us to do it. It's all about you and because of you. And I pray that every day that we wake up, we understand that we have a greater purpose than just getting up, clocking in, clocking out, eating supper, and doing it all over again. Help us, God, to see what you're calling us to, to find and understand what you have for us to do as individuals. that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.